You know, folks, we've been um, really looking at this subject for eight weeks now. So this is the eighth message. We really got two more weeks that we're going to look at this topic before we move on to something else. And to be honest with you, there has to be a sense in which you look at your Christian life and you say, there's got to be something more. It's got to be more than just simply coming to church and hearing the band play some really good music that we enjoy singing. There's got to be more than just listening to George talk for 30-some minutes. There's got to be something more. I mean, there's got to be more to salvation than just forgiving me of my sins. There's got to be something more. And the fact of the matter is, is there's a whole lot more. But the fact of the matter is, is it's, it's escaped us. We, we don't really understand it. And so Christianity has become boring. It's an option among options, whether or not we should show up or not. But yet God calls us to something else, and he plants within us a desire for something more. Now, what we do with that desire, we can ignore it or we can act on it. And some have acted on it and been frustrated and given up. But the reality is, is God calls us to something so much more where we sense the power of his presence in our life daily. And we see him answering prayer. And we see him using us in the lives of others to share with them about the gospel. And we feel the intimacy of that walk with him. So the question is, is how do we get there? And that's what we've been looking at over really the last few weeks, the last couple of months. And so today I just kind of want to basically talk about preparing our hearts. Because remember, we started out this series talking about that God has something for our church, but we've got to get ready for it. So we've been, that's what we've, our premise was in entering into this series, is preparing our hearts for what God wants to do, what he wants to do in your life, what he wants to do in my life, what he wants to do in our church. And through that, we've gone through the scripture, and we ended up at 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And we looked specifically at verses 13 through 15. So let me just bring those up on the screen here again. Read with me as I read it to you. This is God speaking. He says, When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, and command the locusts to devour the land, and send pestilence among my people. All right, let's stop. He's talking about God bringing hard times in our lives, trying to get our attention. Then he says, verse 14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and heal their land, and now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. God's saying, look, I'm trying to get your attention, but if you want me, you want to see me working in your life, you've got you to do several things. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to pray and seek my face. You've got to turn from your wicked ways, and I'm going to hear you, and I actually, I'm here waiting to hear from you. And so we talked about that, and so I kind of gave you some things that we're looking at here. We looked at this the last time. We looked at it the last couple times. We looked, first of all, about listening. 
That's the first one there. You know, you and I need to listen, be aware that God's trying to get your attention. So let me just stop for a moment. I need everybody to understand this. You don't get saved to just go do your own thing. God just doesn't give you a forgiveness card that you can slip in your wallet that just allows you to do whatever you want to do. You don't have a credit card that lets you bank on God's forgiveness and grace. And then you can decide whatever you want to do with the rest of your life. No, God saves you for a reason. God saves you for a purpose. God has a plan for you. But the problem is, is we're not in tune to that sometimes, so God's got to get our attention. So sometimes the difficult struggles that happen in our lives happen for a reason because God's trying to get our attention and trying to say to you, look, you can't live life alone. You need me. So we talked about listening. Second thing we talked about was humility. This is what we looked at last week about coming to our senses, about recognizing that in and of myself, I'm not the greatest. God is the greatest. And that I need to humble myself before him. Now, when I talk about humbling, I'm not talking about how we interact with each other. I'm talking about how we are with God. It's realizing who you really are without all the excuses, without all of the things that we come up with to justify ourselves. It's recognizing, you know what, God, without you, I am nothing. And I need you. Chapter 7, verse 14 tells us the next thing we need to do, and that's prayer. That's what we're going to focus on today. And we're not going to just talking about praying, and you're going to see here in a moment, because you and I can pray, and we forget what we pray. You ever done that? I've done that. Sit down to a meal, say to the family, okay, let's pray, let's have our blessing before we eat. Take a couple of bites, and you say to yourself, say to the, did we pray? You just prayed. Did, you, did we pray? You, you forget what you pray about. Because you can pray as a, as a ritual, as an exercise, an exercise. And the fact of the matter is God is actually calling us to do something more here. We'll see what it says here in a moment. The next thing is repentance. This is the one that we're going to look at next week. But I just need to make mention of it. You and I, to be honest with you, I do it, you do it. We make excuses for our stuff. We make excuses for the things that we do that we know God hates. We make excuses. We're quick. And we even throw out, like I said, that forgiveness card. Will you forgive me, Lord? Repentance. And then the final thing, which is what we're going to look at in a couple of weeks, waiting. Waiting for God to do what he promised he's going to do in our lives. But today we're going to focus on the issue of prayer. So as we prepare our hearts... Here's the point I want to make to you. You have to pursue what you're looking for. You have to pursue what you're looking for. Now let me just stop for a moment. I need to remind you what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is this. God has planted in your heart a desire for something more. Something more in your Christian life. Something more as far as God interacting in your life. 
Something more than just coming to a service. Something more than just whatever we do as far as church. God has planted in your heart something more in your relationship with him. And as you begin to realize that, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa how, do, how do I get that? How do I get that? Well, the first thing you've got to realize is you've got to pursue it. How badly do you want it? See, that's the question, isn't it? How bad do you want what God has for you? Because what I'm going to tell you is he has it for every one of you. He has it for every single one of you. He has in mind something for our church. The question is, is how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Because you know what? If you really want something, have you noticed that if you really want something, you pursue it? You do everything you can. You even manipulate people to get what you want. Because you want it, you do whatever it takes to get it. Now my question is, is how bad do you want what God has for you? Now the question is, naturally it comes up, well, you know, I want it really bad and I want to pursue it, but how do I pursue it? How do I pursue something with God? Prayer. Prayer. But not just any old prayer. A special kind of prayer. What do you mean a special kind of prayer? Well, I already told you that prayer, we can pray without even thinking about it. We can pray and forget what we're praying about. We can pray ritually. And a lot of us do. But I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about a special kind of prayer. I'm talking about a prayer where you go and you seek after God and you want to hear from him because you know he's got the answer to the issue. He's got the fulfillment to the promise and you're going to seek after him the only way you know how to to get an answer from him. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to knock down his door if that's even possible to do, to get a response. You're going to pray. So you have to pursue what you're looking for. You have to pursue what you're looking for. In fact, this is what the old, I mentioned this Thursday. On Thursday, we gather for refresh, which is basically we do a time of study and prayer, looking for God to bring that promise in our life. And I mentioned to them Sunday that, you know, if I used to hear, when I read the old timers, and when I listen to messages from long ago, as I remember messages from long ago, 30 years ago or so, you used to hear the old timers talk about praying it through. How many of you have heard that phrase? Okay, praying it through. Now, you don't hear that anymore because I think it's totally lost to us anymore. Why is it lost to us? Because we don't believe prayer is going to be answered. But praying it through, when you pursue God because you want an answer, it means that you're going to do whatever it takes in prayer till God answers that prayer. Now, it's interesting. I was reading the other day a writer from about 100 and 120 years ago talking about that when God creates a desire in you, he will fulfill it. If you want to write that down, when God creates a desire in you, he will fulfill it. So if God's creating a desire in your hearts, and I'm hoping that he is, for something more from your Christian life, for something more for our church, for something more from the relationship with him, folks, the only one who's going to fulfill that desire is who? God. 
But I've got to be persistent about asking for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've got to pray it through. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what does it mean, because remember in Second Chronicles chapter, four, chapter 7, verse 14, he says, pray and seek my face. That's more than just praying. That's trying to get a hold of God's attention. What does it mean here? So three things I want to show you about seeking his face. Number one comes from First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 19. But the point is, seeking the Lord means seeking his presence. Seeking the Lord means seeking his presence. Here's what it is. When I'm praying, I'm just not praying at something. That's what we normally do when we pray. We're kind of throwing our prayer out there, hoping that it hits somewhere. You ever heard somebody say, well, I pray and I just feel like my prayers don't get past the ceiling. You ever heard somebody say that? What a bunch of baloney. Just being honest with you. You've got a total wrong conception of prayer. I know because I've been there. Praying and seeking his face is, is I am not just seeking his face. I'm seeking to be in the presence of God. Did you know what I'm saying? I'm seeking to have his presence there with me. Which, by the way, he is with you. How do you know that? Well, because when you became a believer, who entered into your life? The Holy Spirit. What I'm doing when I'm praying and I'm seeking his face is I'm seeking his face for his presence to be real in my life. You know what, folks? When we pray, we have a group of men who pray before this service every Sunday. Guess what they're praying? God, your presence show up here during the service. That's what they're praying. They're asking for God's presence to be here. They're not just throwing up a prayer hoping that God will hear. They're praying and saying, God, you have to show up. See, that's what seeking his face is. Seeking his face is means seeking his presence. In fact, it comes from 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 19. Now set your heart and soul to seek the Lord your God. Set your heart and your soul when you pray to seek God. Don't be satisfied with your prayer life unless you have a sense that you met with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where you've sensed his presence. But so many of our prayers, we just think we're just throwing them up there, hoping, hoping that he'll hear us. And let's be honest, a lot of us, we've given up hope. We're giving up hope that he's listening to us. Here's the second thing I want you to see about seeking his face. The Lord promises that you will find him. <laughs> I want you to hear me. I'm telling you that the only one who can fulfill that desire is God. I'm telling you that what you need to do is pray, but not pray like you normally pray, you seek God's presence, but here's what happens. Immediately in your mind, a doubt will come up. Well, you know, I've done that before, George, but nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. I understand that. But I'm going to fill you in a little bit further here. God says that when you seek him, he promises that you will find him. Listen to this, Jeremiah chapter 29. 
verses 12 and 13. He says this to Israel. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, listen to that last phrase, with all your heart. Can I ask you a question? Do you pray with all your heart? Do you pray when you're wanting an answer from him with all of your heart? Or are you just like me, throwing it up there, Here's what's going on in my life, Lord. Not expecting anything, but you're not passionate about what you're praying about. That's really what it's talking about when you talk about praying with all your heart, right? It's talking about you being passionate about the issue that you're praying about. Are you feeling passionate about what it is that you're praying about? Are you passionate about seeing God Fulfilling that desire in your heart. He says, I will listen to you. I will be found by you. Here's the third thing I want you to see about seeking him. It's not an option. It's not an option. So much of what we talk about in the Christian life, we've come to the conclusion that it's an option. Well, you know, that's wonderful, George. And, you know, yeah, I'd like to see God working in my life. But, you know, hey, I'm really busy right now. I've got other things going on in my mind. Don't you know I've got, I've got this thing at work, and I've got this family issue over here, and I've got this kid thing over here, and, you know, I've got these health problems. And, you know, yeah, but, you know, I'd, I'd like to give my wholehearted attention to this issue, but there's no buts. It's not an option. If you know Jesus, it's not an option. You need to be seeking him. You need to be seeing him fulfilling what it is that he wants to do in your life. You need to do it. How do I know that? Because this is what Colossians says. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. Look with me. This is, he's talking to Christians here. Paul's talking to Christians. He says, if you were raised with Christ, okay, stop for a moment. Who's that talking about? If you were raised with Christ, who is that? Is that you? If you're a believer, it's you. So he's talking about every Christian. If you were raised with Christ, look at what it says. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. He's calling to you and I to get our mind in the right place, to seek him with all of our heart. And it's not an option. You and I need to be pursuing him in prayer. So now we come to Hebrews chapter 11. Because this is what we're going to talk about. How do we pray and seek his face? What does that mean? What does that mean? And how do we do that? Well, the issue is faith. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Here's what it says. 
But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me read that to you again. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What we're seeing here, folks, is the issue of faith. I want to bring out three points to you. Because here's the thing. If you're sitting there and you acknowledge in your heart, yes, God, you've planted a desire in my heart for something more. I want that something more. you got to pursue him. But the only way you're going to pursue him is by faith. So let's talk about it. Here it is. Number one, the key to pursuing God is faith. Faith. Faith is more than just simple belief, folks. Faith is trust. Faith is commitment to him. And that is the key to you pursuing him. You pursue him because you know without a shadow of doubt in your heart that he is the only one who can answer you. He is the only one who can bring a fulfillment to that desire that you have for yourself and for our church. Listen, folks, the reason why we gather on Thursdays for refresh, and there's about eight of us who gather, the reason why we gather on Thursdays for one hour to listen to a word from God's word and to pray is because we believe in our heart that God has something more for our church and we want to see him do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? We want to see him do it. We're there by faith because we're wanting to see God do something. See, the key to pursuing him is that you know the only one who's going to bring an answer to the humdrumness of your Christian life is Jesus. And you are pursuing him, whatever it takes, because you have faith that he's going to hear you. Because he said, I already showed you, I will listen to you. I will be found by you. Jeremiah chapter 29. The key to pursuing God is faith. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Faith knows that God will answer. Look at what it says. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You've got to know in your heart that God's going to answer you. That's why you're going to him. All right, listen to me. How many of you here have a loved one who does not know Jesus. Okay? A lot of us here. I don't want you to raise your hand for this one. I'm just going to ask a question. How's your prayer life for that person? Oh, I pray for them, George. No, no, I'm not asking if you pray for them. I'm asking, how is it that you're praying for them? Are you broken before God for that person? Do you believe God can save that person? Is that reflected in your prayers? Do you believe God will hear you because you pray for that person? For their salvation? Because you know that unless they know Jesus, if they die, they're going to hell? 
Do you pray for them with an earnestness? Do you pray believing God? You're the only hope for them. You're the one who can remove the scales from their eyes so that they can see the truth. Do you pray that way? Or do you get like where after you prayed for somebody for 30 years, you say, oh God, save them. But you don't really think about it anymore beyond that. You've gotten used to them being the way they are. See, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, you believe God is and you believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith knows that God will answer. Is that driving you in your pursuit? I'm hoping it is. In fact, I'm hoping that simply just interaction right now is stirring you to start praying differently for the loved one who doesn't know Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's stirring you to pray about God fulfilling in your life, bringing the Spirit of God into your life so that you can share with power. Faith knows that God will answer. Here's the third thing I want you to see. You have to be persistent in seeking the Lord. You have to be persistent. Look at what it says there. Those who diligently seek him. You know he's a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. Those who are continually coming to him wanting an answer. Wanting an answer. Are you continually going to God and saying, God, you didn't answer me today. I'm here again today. Will you answer me? Faith says, God, I know you'll answer me because I'm coming to you continually. You are being persistent. In fact, here's what you got to be like. Because I know how you are. You order something from Amazon. Wrong stuff shows up. You get on the phone. You talk to that first person, you're getting no satisfaction from that first person. They even want you to ship it back at your own cost. And you're like, I ain't having none of that. Can I talk to your supervisor? And you go up the line to the supervisor, 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 right? Because you want satisfaction. You want what was supposed to be delivered to you yesterday, and you're not shipping it back at your cost. You know what I'm talking about? You do that. You and I do that. But when it comes to prayer, talking to God about knowing something that he definitely will answer, we pray about it one time, we don't expect an answer, we don't pray about it again. That's not pursuing God, folks. That's not even faith. Can I tell you what that is? That's just throwing up a token prayer in hopes that he might answer. And then have you noticed that when God does answer, we're surprised that he answered. Oh my, God answered that prayer. Wow. You shouldn't even be surprised. You should expect it. That when he answered, yes, my God heard me. And you're saying that before he even answers you. Why? Because you prayed it through. Listen to me, folks. We're going through this series for a reason. The reason we're going through this series is so that I and you are filled and overflowing with the Spirit of God in our life and in our church so that we can impact people with the gospel. 
so that we can impact the people that are around us who don't know him and who need to know Jesus. So that we could be the people that he wants us to be. So that we could have a Christianity that's not humdrum. So that we can have a Christianity that we're excited about because when we enter into prayer, we know that God will hear us. But I'm going to tell you something. The only way that we're going to come to that place is if we get serious and decide to start asking him to bring us there. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. I already know he wants to bring us there. Why? Because he's been laying it on the hearts of leaders in this church to move in this direction. That's why we're doing this series. And I, with all of my heart, believe he's going to bring us there. But we've got to start praying. You've got to start getting serious about prayer. So here's the options you have. Here's the options. This is one that every one of you can do. Begin praying and saying, God, fulfill the desire in my heart that you've planted there for myself and for our church. Begin. And don't settle for it. Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't just throw it up and hope that maybe God will answer. You start praying with God, I know you're going to do this. Can you do this soon? And if you delay, can you give me strength to wait it out until you do it? That's what every one of you can do here. You can pray that way. Here's the second thing you can do. If you got some free time on Thursday, I know everybody's got stuff going on. Everybody's got a schedule. But if you've got a free hour, Thursday, refresh, show up. Why? Because we're here to meet with God because we're asking him to do what? Fulfill his promises in our life. I don't like praying out loud. We don't pray out loud. We pray to ourselves. We don't single anybody out. We show up. I give a lesson that kind of helps us in our prayer time, kind of gives us some guidance, and we pray. Some pray right where they're sitting. Some come to the front and pray. Some go to the back. Some pray with other people. But we pray. We've got men and women here. It's not just a bunch of dudes showing up. And we pray. And we ask God to fulfill the promise. Two things you can do. Start praying on your own. I'm calling you to pray on your own. Two, some of you, it maybe means a little bit more extraordinary prayer. You show up and you pray because you want to see God do something. Now the question is, what are you going to do about it? It's up to you. What are you going to do about it? I hope you will begin pursuing God and praying. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. If next year at this time we're still wondering what God's going to do, I don't think so. I think next year we're going to look back on this and we're going to say, wow, isn't it amazing what God did at our church because he showed up? Because I believe that strongly that he will. Let me pray for you.